Welcome to Leading Lights. You're about to hear a message from Lighthouse Church in Jersey. We're still in a series called uh, Seeds and Swords. Um, this is kind of a message that's being preached here and across at the waterfront. Um, we are going to be talking about God's field today. Uh, we've been talking a lot about seeds, and today we're going to talk about God's field. Um, I wonder if you, as a child, can remember this kind of fantasy fascination that we had with treasure. Do you remember uh, reading stories like Treasure Island and, and the pirates and deserted islands and, and, and searching for treasure? And I can remember as a child searching around the garden for treasure or even identifying something as a treasure and going and hiding it and then other friends were trying to find it. It was this real fascination with discovering something of great value uh, that was going to make you rich, you know? Um, how many of you know that in Jersey, we have a treasure, literally a treasure treasure, that is called the Grooville Hoard? Maybe you've been to see it down at the harbor, uh, a treasure that was discovered underground in Jersey. Uh, it was discovered by two men. I don't know their names. You can look it up. Wikipedia is a wonderful resource. Uh, but the story goes that they heard of... Uh, a young girl who was the daughter of a farmer. Uh, the farmer had given her some coins that he had found somewhere, which were part of this hoard, I guess, and um, she gave them away or swapped them for some comics, as you do as a child. Uh, but they heard of this story, and I guess they had an inkling of who the farmer was and where he was, but they set about searching for this hoard, you know, like pirates search for treasure, I guess. They suspected that there was a cache of gold somewhere, and so they set about looking for it. And you won't believe it, in 2012, they found it. Now, if you don't know much about the hoard, I'll just give you the, the headlines. They discovered this mass in the ground, I'm saying probably this big, long, this big, deep, and about that wide, just compacted together of gold and silver coins. They reckon there are about 70,000 coins clumped together. And in amongst those coins, they found other things, but they, they found things called torques, T-O-R-Q-U-E-S. If you don't know what that is, I don't know what that was. It was neck jewelry. It wasn't like a chain link necklace. It was um, a circular bar of iron that had hammered gold all around it. And they found 12 of those in amongst the treasure and all sorts of other things. 11 talks. Uh, but the, the bit that you really want to know, I'm sure, is how much was it all worth? You know, how much was the value of the treasure? Now, what I read, I didn't search extensively, but they valued it at 7 to 14 million pounds. I mean, that's just like the dream of any treasure hunter, amen? Now, unfortunately, it belongs to the queen, but I think they do get a finder's fee, as you were. Uh, I don't know how much that comes to. But this whole idea of treasure, I mean, they suspected there was this, tr this, this treasure hoard somewhere, and they went about diligently giving themselves to discovering it. 
because it was, was, they suspected of great value. Amen? Now, there's a story today that we're going to look at in Matthew. It's a very short parable. It comes from chapter 13 and verse 44. It's Jesus telling the parable, and listen to what he says. The kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in a field. When a man found it, he hid it again, and then in his joy, he went and sold all that he had and bought the field. Because if you own the field, you own the... He discovered a treasure that was so beautiful and so wonderful that he sold everything he had to scrape together enough money so that he could buy the field and get the treasure. So the story is simply about a field, it's about a treasure, and it's about giving everything to find that treasure. And today we're talking about God's beautiful field, and we're going to use the word field and look at five points today. My first point, are you listening, is the word field. No, I lie. Is the word found. Everyone say found. Right. God sees the field and God sees the treasure in the field. Amen? You are the treasure. And God sees you today. The people walking about on the street or driving past or the, f- the, the few, relatively few, who are torturing themselves doing the marathon. <laughs> they are God's treasure. Humanity is God's treasure and God sees it. It's not like God has to go looking for it. God clearly sees every single one of his creation and you are his treasure and you are found by him. You may not even realize it if you're walking past and you have no interest in God, but each one of us is found by God. And the point is very simple. God's treasure is not gold coins. It's not gold talks. It's not a treasure chest full of jewels hidden somewhere. God's treasure is people. Everyone say people. We must understand that, otherwise we'll be driven by the wrong things in serving the Lord. God's heart is for people, God loves them, and he wants to save them. You know, like the chap in our story sold everything that he had so that he could buy the field with the treasure in, God bought you. He paid his most precious possession for us, Jesus. God saved us by sending Jesus to die on a cross and rise again to life so that we can be found in Jesus. Amen? God saw us buried, marred, covered in dirt in a field, a treasure, a diamond, if you will. And he did what it takes to unearth us and put us in a position where we could call ourselves found in him. 
He fully paid for you. You need to understand that as well. He's done everything. We kind of intimated this in our prayer at the end of worship today. God fully paid the price for you. So there's nothing left for you to pay. Amen? Sometimes we fall into this position of, as believers of feeling like we have to earn God's love. We have to earn His forgiveness. We have to earn His grace. You know, when we become what we call saved or we cross that line of faith, what happens at that point is actually we realize we have nothing to contribute, that God did it all, and all we have to do is say, thank you, Lord, I accept. And yet, many times, when we mature as believers, we lose that wonder of the grace of God, and we fall into this routine of trying to be good. If I'm, the more good I am, the more good God will love me. And the point simply is, God fully paid for his treasure. There's nothing that you contribute to that transaction. There's nothing wrong with trying to live a holy life and be holy by the grace of God. But you don't earn any favor from God or any love from God by being better. Because he loves you completely right now. And he did it completely right now. So everyone say found. Right? Whether you're sat here today and you've been a Christian for 50 years or you're out there and you have no interest in God and you don't care about knowing God, the Bible tells us that we are found by God. Amen? He knows us by name. He knows the hairs on our head. We just might not have a relationship, but he's done what it takes so that we can have a relationship. We are found in God. Okay, so that's our first word today. Like the man found the treasure in the field, God always had his eye on us as the treasure, and he sold everything. He gave his, the life of his son Jesus so that he could buy us as the treasure. Number two, everyone say in. This is not a complex sermon today. This is trying to give you the heart of why we do what we do as a church and what we believe we're called to as believers, why we start new churches. There are people out there, very sadly, who say things like, why do we need more churches? And some of them are leaders of churches. Why do we need more churches? Because the world needs Jesus. Amen. That's it. The more churches that are out there doing the work, the more people are going to find Jesus. Okay. This is the second point. Everyone say, in. Where is the treasure? Is it here? All of it? We are treasure in this room, however many there are of us. How many thousands of people are out there? Treasure. Amen? If you're one of those people that is focused simply on meetings on a Sunday, you'll miss this. This is a very, very small part of what it calls, what we're called to as the church. We're not called as a building to meet together in a place on a Sunday and that's it. We're called to be the church in the church community. How does that work? Holding lots of meetings where we go and meet at your workplace? No. It happens when you leave here on a Sunday and you go home and you're amongst family who don't know Jesus. And when you go to work on Monday and you're amongst people at work who don't know Jesus, that's where the treasure is. Amen? It's in the community. And so God is calling us not to meet on Sundays only, but to live our lives brightly and flavorfully for him in our everyday stuff, 
in the stuff that's not exciting, in the stuff that's hard work, in the stuff that involves relationships that are difficult. Amen? The treasure is in the world. It's not in the church. I mean, we are treasure, but we're a very small part. Amen? God's calling us to go out. To go out. Always more. Always more. Always more. And so, God's calling us to be involved in our community. However that looks, whatever it takes, wherever we go, we are the church living for Jesus. So that's found, and we've looked at the word in. So our third point today is engaged. Everyone say engaged. We're not talking about this kind of engaged. We're talking about involved. Amen? First uh, Corinthians chapter 3, Paul is speaking, verses 6 to 9, and this is what he says. I planted the seed, and then another guy called Apollos watered it, but God has been making it grow. Did you hear that? God has been making it grow. So neither the one who plants nor the one who waters is anything, but only God who makes things grow. God makes things grow. The one who plants and the one who waters have one purpose, and they will each be rewarded according to their own labor. Everyone say own labor. For we are co-workers in God's service. You know when you join a serving team and get involved in church on a Sunday, please don't see it as an opportunity to do the pastors a favor. That's a really bad motivation. Why are we doing it? To serve the Lord. That changes it completely, doesn't it? We are co-workers in God's service. You are God's field and you are God's building. So the point that I really want to make here today is this, that though we are involved in starting churches and though we are involved in growing churches, it's God who does the work. Amen. If you take God out of the equation, it's like a seed that is dead. It just doesn't grow. The Bible says in Psalm 127 verse 1, unless the Lord builds the house, those who labor, labor in vain. If you're trying to do something in your own strength and you're not relying on the Holy Spirit's power, it won't last. It might grow for a little while. It might show a little bit of fruit, but it won't last for eternity. But if we give ourselves to what the Spirit of God is calling us to do, His power will be in there and He will make it work and He will make it grow. The gates of hell will not prevail. Bible says, God says, I will build my church. So God is the one, but He works with you and me. How awesome is that? The holy God of heaven, perfect and all loving, will take someone like you and me and choose to use us to do something as holy and as amazing as build His church in the earth. And we're not talking about the physical mortar and the bricks, are we? 
We are living stones, the Bible says. We are the church. God uses my frail self, like today, somehow, to enable you to do something that will last for Him. I might say something today that will help somebody find Jesus. I might say something today that will help someone be free from a lie that they've believed since their childhood. I might say something today that will empower you to live a more faith-filled life for God. I might say something today that will help you go and talk to someone strange about Jesus. And they might find a relationship with God. Amen? I I think that's astounding. I think it's an awesome privilege because I know me. You don't know me. You know me this much. I know me this much. And the fact that God wants to use me and does use me is astounding. It's not because I'm any more terrible than you. You're just as terrible as me. Please don't kid yourself. I just realize how much I need the grace of God. And that's a beautiful place to be. Amen. God is the gardener. We're the tools in his hand. Amen. He turns the soil with us. He brings the seeds to life that we drop. And he makes it grow. What a joy and what a privilege. So, everyone say found. We're found. Where's the treasure? In the world. We're engaged as co-workers with God in this mission. He's chosen to do it with us. Someone said there's no plan B. Amen? We're plan A. That's it. So the fourth word that I want you to remember today is the word large. Everyone say large. Very good. Um, Matthew 13, another parable. Slightly before the first one we read about the treasure in the field. Verse 31 to 32, Jesus speaks. He says, he told them another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed, which a man took and he planted in his field. Though it is the smallest of all seeds, yet when it grows, it is the largest of garden plants and becomes a tree. So that, the be- so that the birds come and perch in its branches. What is he going on about here? God wants things to grow. Amen? God wants his church to grow. We love it as people when we have this close-knit little group of friends and we know everything what's going on in our lives and we just want to hang out together and be friends and and like when we see church grow sometimes it's intimidating because we come on a sunday and there are people there that we don't know and we find it hard to say hi we find it hard to speak to people now obviously this is not all of us because some of us can talk for africa the point is does god want a small church or a large church why does he want it large because a large church has more people and it means that more people are finding a relationship with their savior and are growing in their faith now large is not the reason that we do it but large is a sign of fruitfulness 
and growth. And our plan is to grow a large church that feels small in the sense that it can be as big as you like, but you still feel at home. Amen? You don't feel lost in a sea of people who don't know you and don't care about what's going on in your life. You don't feel lost in a community of people who you don't relate with. We have a system and a way of doing it where we can grow as a church but still feel loved and still feel valued and still serve and be involved and use our gifts and use our talents. And we encourage you to find your way into what we call life groups where we do life together, where we get to know what's going on, where we pray for one another, where we encourage one another when we're feeling down, where we feel like I can talk and someone cares, where I can discover in a safe environment what my talents and my gifts are and I can serve and be useful in God's kingdom. Amen? But the point really is God wants big, growing, healthy, fruitful churches that are not only reaching out into the world effectively, but meeting their people's needs effectively in the body as well. Amen? That's our constant challenge, is to grow. So please, don't let people tell you, oh, big churches, God doesn't like big churches, because that's not true. God wants churches growing and fruitful, numerically and spiritually. One is not better than the other. We want both. Amen. So the picture really is of this image. It's a tiny seed that gets planted in the ground, but it flourishes and grows and becomes this big tree that birds who are flying by can stop and nest and find rest. Do you get the idea? A growing church is a place where people can find acceptance, where they can find their place in the world, where they can find encouragement, where they can find value, where they can find love, where they can find forgiveness. That's the goal, to become this tree that is big and is a haven for the world because Jesus is lived in that place. My fifth point today is the word do. Say do. Look at the person next to you and say do. Do, do. Do, 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 do. Did you know that like God's plan for the church to grow, he wants you to grow? Not only does he want us to be able to do what we've done, by add a second venue and create space for more people. He wants you as an individual to grow. Please just say this now, and I want you to think about it, not just because I told you to say it. Speak to yourself. Say, God wants me to grow. Tell yourself that again. Let's read together. Psalm 92 from verse 12 to 14. The righteous, that's you and me, because Jesus has done it all. Amen. The righteous will flourish. Everyone say flourish. Will flourish like a palm tree. They will grow like a cedar of Lebanon. 
Say planted. This is the key. Planted in the house of the Lord, they will flourish in the courts of our God. They will still bear fruit in old age. Hallelujah. Huh? Just because you're getting older doesn't become, mean you've become irrelevant. Amen? They will still bear fruit in old age. Oh man, you're going to love this. They will stay fresh. <laughs> They'll stay fresh and green. I'm telling you now, claim it. That's for me. If you're going to grow as a Christian, that involves being planted in a church. You can't grow as a believer as a Lone Ranger. I'm sorry. I just disagree if you believe you can. I mean, I know there are situations where people are isolated and they are simply meeting God by themselves. That's fantastic. But God wants them to meet with others who believe the same thing, you know? And, and so I guess like through our internet kind of mission and our webpage we'll be, and our TV shows, we'll be meeting people in faraway places who, who have a relationship with God but may not know other Christians. Our heart is that one day we can join them together in communities because God wants us together. He wants us to be planted in a church, okay? Sometimes we go through stages where we move from one church to another, and there are seasons in life where I believe that some churches are better for us than other churches. That's not saying one is better than the other, it's just all about where we're at. But if you're one of those people that cannot settle in a church, you need to deal with that. Amen? Because God wants you planted in a body of believers. Not so that you can just sit and listen on a Sunday and go home, that's a wonderful place to start, but so that you can be involved in the life of the church. You know? There are people that we're obviously missing right now, amen? It doesn't feel quite the same anymore on a Sunday. It's not a bad thing. It's just a very practical thing. There aren't as many people here. Some of them were our good friends, but by the grace of God, we've just released them to go because it's the mission of God, amen? And if you're on one of our serving teams and you have been for a while, you're probably feeling a little bit more stretched than ever because there aren't as many people serving with you. That's normal. How do we fix that? More people get involved. That's how it works. We are one of those churches, if you're checking us out, who believes that every believer has something to contribute. We love it when people first come and sit and kind of check us out. But if you just stay in that place, on your bum, listening, you're going to reach a plateau in your development as a believer. I know, and I've spoken to countless people who have been through that. There comes a point when you realize, I was made for more than keeping this seat warm. I've got gifts and talents. Some of them, I don't even know what they are yet. How can I say that? Because I've met countless people in this church who have volunteered to get involved in areas where they had no experience. I mean, praise God for the heart of God in people. There's one particular person that I'm thinking of. I won't mention any names. But he represents many people in our church. 
A long time ago, when we were still a much smaller church, we didn't have any drummers. And we said, does anyone want to play drums? We'll even teach you. And this guy, praise God, said, I'm happy to learn. I mean, learn how to play drums so that you can go on the stage in the middle of praise and worship and play drums while we're worshiping. And then as a season of life changed and he wasn't able to be involved anymore and couldn't be involved because of the practicalities of life now, he's decided to volunteer to be on the projector because we needed someone to run the projector. Did he know how to do it? No. But he wants to learn. I want you to hear me now. This is how the economy of God's church works. We're all volunteers. Amen? We're all serving the Lord, and we need to come with this heart of, I'll do what it takes to see God's mission roll forward. Even if it means going way outside my comfort zones, I'm going to do it for Jesus. I'm not going to be proud and be like, oh no, I'm not good enough. Nope. I'm not even going to think about it. Willing to do. The fact that you have talents and skills and motivation and desire to do is not by chance. It is because God has deposited that in you. Some of it is unrevealed yet and God is calling it out of you. All he wants is a willingness from you. You know, currently, the truth be told, it's happening at two venues. But it's a little bit creaky because we're all feeling a little bit stretched. And we can only do this for so long before we get overtired and drop out. What does that mean? Guys, if you have been coming and you have been feeling like this is your church, but you haven't quite yet volunteered for a team, please grab an oar. Amen? It might just be the nearest oar to you. You might not feel it as your preference, but please let's row together and see this thing not just trickle forward, but with great power advance. It, we're not looking for professionals. We're, you're, you're thinking about the wrong thing. This is God's church. We're, we're looking for people who are willing at first, and then we will grow in our skills together. And, you know, we do want to have good standards, so we don't do it as a sloppy, well, this is all I have to offer. We, we, we have the kind of heart that says, I'm willing to learn, and I'm willing to practice to be good so that I can teach someone else too. Amen. That's the heart of God. It's not like, well, take it or leave it, Lord. I'm just going to be haphazard in the way I do it. I'm going to do it well for you because it's for you. It's not to please the pastor because he's shame. He looks really tired. I mean, that's a good motivation to start helping. But if that's the only reason you do it, you'll eventually get to the point where you're like, you don't appreciate me anymore. You never tell me thank you every Sunday. Can you imagine? We're serving the Lord, guys. Amen? We've got very full lives, haven't we? We're very busy. 
But this is a treasure that is eternal, that is more valuable and more important in terms of the big scheme of things. And it's a fantastic opportunity. And I just love that we get to do this together. Amen? I'm so excited that we have a second venue. I mean, I've been in so many churches that talk about it as a great idea, but never actually push themselves to make it happen. And we've taken a faith step. You know, we, we've... The things that we're doing as a church, not as an attempt to boast, but we are punching way above our weight. And I give thanks God for that, that everyday people gathered together with God's mission and God's cause at the heart of it are working together to do something significant in the world. And these are the things that will be remembered in eternity. History books will write about these things. Amen? Let's do it. We are God's field. Let's row and row and row till we have nothing left to give for Jesus. Amen. What is your next step? It might be that you've been coming along for a few weeks and you're like, I like this church. And it's basically you, you've got to just throw a switch in your mind to say, I'm in. I'm going to say this is my church. I'm going to get more involved. What does that look like? Um, I might start helping in a serving team on a Sunday. Um, or I might actively look to be part of a life group because I want to dig deeper with other believers. I want to, be, I want to feel part of a community of people who know about me and who are interested in what's going on in my life and who are there for me. I don't know. But please, the only option that is not acceptable is a non-response. Amen? What is God calling you to do about what you've heard? Thanks for listening. Please visit leadinglightsnetwork.com for more resources and subscribe to our podcasts on iTunes. And please consider supporting this ministry financially by making a donation on the giving page of leadinglightsnetwork.com or lighthousejersey.com.